Welcome to Fearless Mom. Today, we start our two-part series on identity based on our theme verse, Proverbs 31, 25. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. Every year when we begin our series, we start with two or three lessons about identity. Before we dig into discipline and potty training or sleep training or, you know, working with teenagers, whatever it is, before we get into those parenting topics, we always start with two or three lessons on identity because we believe that our parenting is an overflow of who we are. Our parenting is an overflow of who we believe we are because we behave according to what we believe, and we think it's super important. So we'll start that um, today, and I am super excited. It's amazing. Every time I study, it benefits me. And I, this verse that I found in my personal study, I wasn't even prepping or anything. I was just having my time alone with the Lord. And I was like, oh my word, this verse is a game changer. But I can't tell you about it. I'm not there yet. So before we get started, though, we want to welcome in our online moms. If you are watching or listening, we are thrilled that technology has um, connected us today. You may be with a group or by yourself, but remember... If you're watching or listening by yourself, you are not alone. There is a group of moms in Austin cheering you on. We are for you, we are with you, we believe in you, and we're thrilled that you've tuned in with us today. So let's start by um, praying and getting started. I know that somebody out there needs to pray for focus, okay? And it's not just me. So here we go. God, we thank you so much for today. I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you for your church with a capital C. I thank you, God, for all these moms here today and all the moms tuning in. I ask right now, God, that you settle our hearts and our minds, that you open our eyes and our ears so that we can see and hear what you want us to learn today so that we can be the moms we were created to be, to raise up these children to be who you created them to be. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Now, many of you know, you've heard me say before that my daughter Emily was and is a strong-willed blessing. Now, in Fearless Mom, we say a strong-willed blessing because I do believe that her strength, that her will is a good thing. It is a blessing. It is her tenacity. It is her perseverance. It is her grit that is, you know, so connected to her success and her fulfillment. Now, to be sure, if you have a strong-willed blessing, anybody in here believe you have a strong-willed blessing? It's a blessing. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. You may need to write it on your mirror, okay? It's a blessing. It's a blessing. It is, and it's a wonderful thing. It does present its challenges when they are in the, maybe the midst of disagreeing with you or when they are trying to learn how to express their super deep emotions. And when I say super deep emotions, I mean Emily feels all the things and all the things she feels deeply. There's nothing that she feels just a little bit about. And I may say to her, oh, that doesn't even matter. You will never hear Emily Richard say, that doesn't even matter, or it's not a big deal. She feels all the things deeply. And in that way, we are very different. And um, I've mentioned already, I've made a lot of parenting mistakes with Emily because I didn't understand how she could feel 
so deeply about things that I felt like didn't matter. For instance, when Emily was about six years old, she was asked to be a rice girl. I don't even know if they had those anymore, but in my cousin's wedding. So what that meant was, you know how we used to throw out rice? You know, I, I think it's probably like bad for the environment or the birds or something. And so it's politically incorrect now, but years ago we didn't know any better. And so, uh, or maybe they did rose petals or something. They were probably paper and disintegrate into the ground because it's politically correct, whatever. So whatever it was, Emily was asked to be part of the wedding. So I knew that she would need a new dress. And I thought, this is going to be so fun because I knew that the dress that Emily would need to wear would not be one that Emily would choose. So I prepared her before we went into the store. And I said, Emily, um, you know, Abby's asked you to be part of her wedding. What an honor. We're going to go pick out a dress for you. You're only going to have to wear it for like three hours. And you will never have to wear it again. But I know that it's something that you probably would not pick out for yourself. But it is going to be a dress that I will choose. So she nods, we go into the small shop, and I see it immediately, and I'm like, man, this was so easy. It was so quick, you know? And so I pick this dress up, and it's got a smocked top, and it's linen, so it's about T-length, and it has um, like little butterflies that are the same color as the dress, so super subtle, and um, it was just perfect. And so I said, Emily, um, run into the dressing room and try this on. And so she looked at it, she got it, and with no argument, she goes into the dressing room. She comes out of the dressing room. I'm like, this is amazing. I hate shopping. I, I, I would wear the same thing every day if I could. As a matter of fact, these jeans, I think this is the third day I've worn them. I, I, it's not even a thing to me, putting on clothes. I, I pick up whatever is still laying out from the day before. You know, and if it has a spot on it, I just walk in and act like it just happened. You know, I, I, I'm just, I just don't put that much thought into what I wear. Um, it's actually a nuisance to me, you know. So Emily comes out of the dressing room, and I'm like, this is amazing. Check that off the list. Here we go. And I look at her, and I go, it fits perfectly. And I look, and she's just standing there. She's not saying a word. Tears coming down her eyes. I'm like, is it uncomfortable? You know me, I'm like, oh, it must itch. We'll get another one. Because I choose function and comfort, you know. And she said, I said, is it bothering you? And then she just, in a quiet voice, she said, it's not me. I said, what? I, I, I literally, I didn't know what she was saying. She goes, it's not me. Emily felt so deeply that her clothes communicated who she was. I'm not sure she could have articulated that, but she felt it so deeply that it literally pained her to wear something that was not her. So we had an opportunity to discuss that sometimes we have to wear things, and she did it. And I said, I understand that this dress is not you. And what I'm really thinking is, whatever the heck that means, you know. And I, but I said, I understand that this dress is not you, but you're just going to need to wear it, um, mainly because my mom was going. And, um, you know, Shuggy would love it. And so I said, 
Emily, I understand that you have your own style that you like to wear. And I'm just going to add a little caveat here. That was not Southern classic, okay? That was not Emily's style. Um, but today, this is, or for the wedding, this is what you will wear. Again, I didn't understand how hard that was for her to wear something that was not her, that did not fully communicate who she was and how she felt. I'm going to tell you that when it comes to identity, I think we should be more like Emily. I think we should care so deeply down to the core of who we are that what we wear communicates who we are. I'm not talking about your physical clothes because, you know, if I wore what communicated how I really feel, I would definitely be in my pajamas right now and I would be celebrating it. I would say that at Fearless Mom, we should all wear our pajamas every time because that's what I'm most comfortable in. But I'm talking more about your inner attire, not your outer attire. I'm talking about your inner attire, your emotional attire, your spiritual attire. What are you wearing on the inside? Because like Emily, we should care so much that we communicate accurately who we are. Our theme verse sets us up perfectly for this. And I'm gonna ask you to read the highlighted words. You see, Emily knew that what she wore communicated and expressed who she was. And it was so uncomfortable. It literally pained her to wear anything different and or out of who she was. So let's read the highlighted words. You guys are gonna read the highlighted words with me. And this is Proverbs 31, 25. When I say highlighted, they're underlined and bolded. Um, here we go. She is clothed with and and she laughs without fear of the future. Fill, fill in the blanks again. She is clothed with and and she laughs without fear of the future. You know, the recent studies that have come out, and actually it's been over the last several years, are actually pretty negative about the strength and emotional resilience of young people today. We actually have an increase, dramatic increase, on the diagnoses of anxiety and depression. And studies show that 25%, one in four children, will deal with anxiety and will struggle significantly in their early years. Girls are twice as likely. That's a lot of people. And since girls are twice as likely, guess what? Studies show also that women are twice as likely to be diagnosed. That's not a bad thing, guys. I'm not saying we are weaker. I'm saying we're wired differently and we need to figure it out because as we know, we want to raise strong, independent, competent adult children. But we also know it takes someone strong to make someone strong. So, as we said, we want to dig into parenting and learn how to work together to raise up a generation who are defying the odds and who are reversing the trends. So, if I'm going to raise children with strength and emotional resilience, then I must first examine my own strength and emotional resilience. And so, that's where we're going to start. She is clothed with strength and dignity. What does that mean? What does that look like? We all know someone who carries herself in a way that communicates strength. I want you to imagine that person. Imagine someone you know who carries herself in a way that communicates confidence, that communicates competence. And 
And I would always look at those people and go, where does that come from? What does she know that I don't know? What does she have that I don't have? And the longer I've lived and the more I've studied, I've realized that those women who walk with strength and dignity, the number one thing they figured out is to be comfortable in their own skin. The number one thing. And so when we're talking about strength and where does a woman find strength, a strong, resilient woman finds strength in her identity. She finds strength in her identity. She understands who she is and who she is not. And she's confident in and comfortable with that identity. She understands that the world is made up of many different kinds of people, but she is created on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose. If we read in scripture, then we see so many opportunities to say, okay, God, who am I? And he tells us in Genesis, in the very beginning, he says, I created them in my own image. That is how God created us. God says, in his own image, he created us. So we are a reflection of him. In John, the Bible says that when you step into a relationship with Jesus, then you are now an heir to the throne. You are a daughter of the king. You are a princess, if you will. You, are, you walk as one. And then in Ephesians, it says that you are a masterpiece created anew in Christ Jesus. And so we know all that, and I know all that. Guys, I mean, I am a pastor's wife for crying out loud. I have heard those verses one bajillion. Is that even a number? That's how many times I've heard it. Times, but I don't always feel it. I don't always feel it. So I have to be so intentional when I'm in doubt of, about my identity, when I recognize I'm not feeling confident in, I'm not comfortable with who I am right now, and then I check myself and go, okay, those are feelings. Those are feelings. Now, what are the facts? And I go back to scripture. God says I'm created in his image. God says I'm a daughter of the king. God says I am a masterpiece. And so I am who God says I am. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are who God says you are. There have been so many times I feel much more like an error than an heir. I feel much more like a mess up than a masterpiece. But that is a feeling, and I have to fight my feelings with facts because a strong woman, she finds her strength and her identity. She is comfortable with and confident in who God made her. I am who he says I am. Psalm 139, 14. And man, if this isn't written specifically for women, I don't know what is. Thank you, God. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Women, we are wonderfully complex. Am I right? Anybody else feeling complex? Yes? You feel one way before your coffee and you're a different woman after? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's We are wonderfully complex. Wonderfully complex. Complex is not a bad thing. Emotional is not a bad thing. Having so many feelings is not a bad thing. It's a great thing that we have to learn to leverage in the right way. And so if you're a deep feeler, I love that Emily is a deep feeler. I love that about her. That motivates her, that gets her going. My job is to channel that, not change it. 
And so we are wonderfully complex. And you have children, and you're thinking, oh, he's wonderfully complex, all right. You know, that's, it's a good thing. It is our responsibility to celebrate the complexity and to look at it and go, oh, I'm gonna find the joy in this, honey. You get back in that car right now. I am going to work to find the joy in this. I can find the joy. I may need a Snickers first, but I will be able to find the joy in this. Thank you, God, for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. We're marvelous. We, turn to your neighbor now and say, honey, you are marvelous. You are marvelous. I don't care how you're feeling. I'm telling you, you are marvelous. I'm also going to tell you that if you're feeling like a mess up, if you're feeling like, um, you know, an error, that God says you are his child. And he assures us that those children that he placed in your home, you're exactly the right mom. You're exactly what they need. And he wants to use you right where you are. You were created in his image. You are a child of the king. You are a masterpiece. And you celebrate that you are wonderfully complex. So a strong woman, she finds strength in her identity. But it is important that she recognizes that she has to separate her identity from her child's identity. That is so significant. Before we get into discipline, before we get into equipping our children to be strong and competent, then we have to understand, I understand my identity. I also understand that my child's behavior is not a ref, always a reflection on me. I've taught him better. I've taught her better, whatever it is. We, if we cannot separate our identity from our children's identity, we will not parent effectively. We will be so entangled and so enmeshed that every feeling they feel, we feel. And that motivates our actions instead of what we know to be true. And so I have to understand my identity and I have to understand that my child has his or her own identity. And we celebrate those identities when they're so different from you or when they're exactly like you. We celebrate that not only am I wonderfully complex, but so is each of my children. Ironically, if my identity is mom. If that's my only title, the only hat I wear, I'm actually not a very good mom. Isn't that ironic? Like if I pour everything I am into being a mom, it's a great disservice to my child because now everything he does, everything she does says more about me. That's part of who I am. It's a big part of who I am, but it's not all of who I am. I find my identity in who God created me to do. Being a mom is part of it. I am also a friend. I am also a wife. I am also um, a sister. I am also a pastor's wife. I, I'm also a teacher. I'm those things. Make sure that um, we, we put mom up there, but it's not the only thing. If momming is the only thing you do, then you're probably not the best mom that you can be. It just needs to be part of who you are. So she finds strength in her identity. She's comfortable, comfortable in, with and confident in her identity. And then second, she finds strength in her responsibility. She finds strength in her responsibility. She has to understand what it is. Before I'm comfortable with my responsibility, I have to identify my responsibility. So I am who God says I am, and I will do what I am supposed to do. And guess what else? I will not do what I'm not supposed to do. Remember how we talked about separating 
uh, my identity from my child's. That's a huge one if you have, as you're parenting, to understand, to separate your responsibility from your child's responsibility. And so, I mean, we're gonna go much more into this as we go later, but understand that my responsibility is to do my best to set my child up for his best. And then my child's responsibility is to do his best. Sometimes he will mess up. Sometimes she will mess up. My responsibility is not to intervene. My responsibility is actually to equip him to handle the natural consequences of whatever he did, to equip her to handle the natural consequences. So I'm strong in my identity and I'm strong in my responsibility. I know who I am and who I'm not. I know what I'm supposed to do and what I'm not supposed to do. I told y'all that I found this verse um, that is now like my theme verse. It's gonna be our theme verse for the whole year. Um, You're gonna get sick of it and that's amazing because when you get sick of a Bible verse, that means it's so in you that the Holy Spirit will bring it back to mind when you need it most. So it is Galatians 6, verses 4 and 5. I mean, it is packed with so much. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. Pay careful attention to your own work. I'm gonna break it down because I think this is pretty much the best summary of parenting. Pay careful attention to your own work. We say it, fearless mom, all the time. We don't wanna add to your to-do list. We wanna help you be intentional in what you're already doing. And perhaps at this stage in your life, you may need to be doing less instead of more. You just need to be intentional in what you're already doing. Pay careful attention. That means be deliberate. Do stuff on purpose with a plan, with a vision. When you have a plan, you're less likely to panic. And when you have a plan, you actually leave room and buffer for spontaneity. So having a plan doesn't mean that you're hemmed in by the plan. It means that you know when to adjust because with children, adjustment is part of life. Um, Or if you're a feeler, you know, we have to adjust our feelings too. So pay careful attention to your own work, not your neighbors, not your friends. I think this is really hard because as we gather with other moms, we want to learn from each other but my responsibility is my own work. My responsibility is to learn and filter and apply what I can. So pay careful attention to whose work? Your own work. Pay careful attention to your own work. For then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. I believe that whether you know it or not, every person, whether they believe the Bible is God's word or not, we are all seeking hope, peace, and joy. I think that's what every human, we are, we are wired to look for. Hope, peace, and joy. Different people find it different ways. I believe that if you will submit your ways to his word and your life to his laws, that you will find the peace, hope, and joy that you were designed to have. I believe that as moms, we're wired to hear, job well done. There is nothing like hearing, hey mom, you're doing a great job. Hey mom, and especially, and I'm very fortunate, I have a husband who tells me that I'm doing a great job. I have parents who tell me that I'm doing a great job. I know not everyone does. I don't hear that from everyone. I've definitely been told, 
Um, I think you, I've definitely been told I was too strict. I've been told that I wasn't doing it right with Joe or I wasn't doing it right with Emily or I needed to send Joe to speech therapy earlier than, you know, I, I needed to, uh, Emily should have been in five days a week instead of two days a week. I've been told all those things. As moms, we need to be ready to hear when we need to correct, when we need to get better. But we filter and we know that when we're doing our best, our inner, we just want to hear job well done. And God says, job well done. What does it say? Pay careful attention to your own work for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. You do you. You do the best job you can. You look at your mistakes. You learn from them and you move forward. God says, do your work and you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. And around here, we celebrate others. We want to tell you job well done. This is a place where you can tell me, you can tell your leaders, hey, actually, I did a great mothering thing. It's not bragging. We want to tell you job well done. We all want to hear it. Do your work to get this satisfaction. And then you won't need to compare yourself. You won't need to compare yourself. Remember how I said in uh, women, we are twice as likely to struggle with anxiety and depression. I also think we're 85,000 times more likely to compare ourselves to each other. We walk into a room, it's a reflex. But my responsibility, if I take care of it, then I won't need to compare. But if my reflex is to compare and some of us are wired differently. We compare even more than others. If my reflex is to compare, my responsibility is to recognize that and do something about it. If you struggle with comparison, if you struggle with anxiety because of the comparison, I think it elevates it, then perhaps spending an hour and a half on Instagram is not ideal. You know, I, I love social media. Social media connects us to so many people. But Dr. Um, Fitzpatrick, Dr. Nicole, she says mindless media leads to misery. Mindless media leads to misery. If you struggle with comparison, be aware of it. Now be intentional and purposeful and say, actually, that's something that I could simplify my life and get rid of so that I can be the best me and I can embrace myself. I am who God says I am. I will do what I am supposed to do. Um, and I believe that because we have PhDs in comparison, I think it's super important. Mac always says, I will always ask him, I love him, and we are so different. He can't even play a game like, which one do you like better? You know, um, this song or this song, this restaurant or this restaurant, this musical or this, he'll go, it's apples and oranges. I go, yeah, I know. I know they're different. That's why I'm asking you, which one? And he won't do it. Well, they're too different. It's apples and oranges. Don't you wish we could feel that way about each other? We're apples and oranges. We're bananas and pears. Hey, girl, she's a kiwi. You know, we got, that, that's, we celebrate, we celebrate the fruit salad, you know, we celebrate it, that's okay. We celebrate the fruit salad. We're apples and oranges, we're bananas and pears, we're grapes and kiwi, what's another one? We're raspberries and blackberries. We're, they're all different, but it comes together to make a fruit salad and making me hungry now. <laughs> So when you, if you know your reflex is to compare, then be aware of it. And then you have to fight, fight that reflex. When your reflex is to compare, work to connect. 
How can I connect with her? How can I celebrate her? If my reflex is to compare, I have to make a conscious decision and then work to connect and work to celebrate. A good friend mourns with those who mourn. A great friend celebrates with those who celebrate. It is much easier to be sad for somebody than to be happy for somebody who maybe got what you wanted. But that's a great friend. And we help that so much when we work on connecting instead of comparing. And understand that we all have different capacities. That mom who throws the Pinterest birthday party, just be grateful you got invited. And offer, you know, does she, for a small fee, will she plan your child's party? You know, it's something to be celebrated. It doesn't mean that you have to do that. I'm, I am comfortable with and confident in my identity, and I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. And so God knew my limited capacity. I have a high capacity for some things. I have a low capacity for other things. He literally gave me my children on the same day because he knew I could remember one birthday. Uh-huh. September 6, 1994, September 6, 1996. It's super easy. I remember that and Jesus' birthday. And that's all I got. And, and that's okay. Kathleen down here. Kathleen, six children. I, I celebrate her capacity. It's amazing. That doesn't mean I have less just because she has a high capacity. We're apples and oranges, bananas and pears. Celebrate others. And remember that mindless media leads to misery, and that is something you can control. So many times as moms, we feel out of control of so many things. When you're a baby, you feel out of control of your need for sleep, you know. And then when you're a teenager, when you have a teenager, you feel out of control of your children's lives, you know. They're making decisions. Now, it's just different stages of feeling out of control. So what do we do? We go, what's my responsibility? I'm going to control what I can to be the best me. The best gift I can give my family is a healthy me. So... Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to others, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. You know, I think a lot of our anxiety comes from not identifying our responsibility, for taking on things that aren't our responsibility, and for worrying that we're not doing enough about our responsibilities. So I have discovered that the best thing for me to do when I'm feeling anxious, when I'm feeling stressed, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, is to get my to-do list and go, what can I do that I have to do? What do I have to do today? And then if there's something on my to-do list that I can do next Monday, I'll move it to Monday. And then I'll, because what happens in my head is, oh, I've got to do this. 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 But if I have it written down, oh, that's right. I'm not doing it till Monday. Oh, that's right. I'm not doing that till Wednesday. And it settles my mind and it actually simplifies my list. And then when I can remove things from my list, do I really have to do that just because I have the time? I'm a person that needs downtime. I'm a person, I love people. And I talk and I love it and I love meeting new people and, I'm, and then unplug me. And I'm like, oh, that is so peopley out there. I just need to be by myself for a little bit, you know. And so that's, that, I know that about me. And I am who God says I am. I embrace my responsibility. I will do what I am supposed to do. But I understand that not all of that is my responsibility. And if you have young adult children, we definitely take on. Uh, and they'll go, not my responsibility. 
not my responsibility. And it simplifies. And I can feel my worry, my anxiety, my overwhelmness go down. We are each responsible for our own conduct. If you're overwhelmed, then identify your responsibility and see how you can simplify it. There are definitely seasons where you got those long to-do lists, you know. Get yourself a latte and get going. Um, simplify and shrink your list if you're feeling overwhelmed. It's interesting that I think the, the women who look confident, they know what they're supposed to be doing and they're okay not doing other things. They're okay saying no. They're okay not being included. They're even okay if their children aren't included. They're comfortable with that. They're okay with that. I remember when we lived in Lost Creek, it was a neighborhood we lived um, for a long time, about 10 years, maybe 12 years, 10 years. Um, And it has a long boulevard all the way down Lost Creek. And there are so many side streets and cul-de-sacs off of it. So when you're coming in from the highway and you get into Lost Creek, you stop at the stop sign and you can always tell when you're behind somebody who doesn't live there because they're looking for their street and they stop at every street. And they read the sign. Oh, no, we're going to go to the next one. Oh, and, no. And they're blinkers on the whole time. And we're, we're going, oh, no, it's the next one. Oh, no. All the way down the boulevard. You know why? They don't, they don't know where they're going. It's not clear to them. They're uncertain. That's how we walk. That's what we communicate when we don't understand and we don't find strength in our responsibility. We're hesitant. We're insecure. We're uncertain. I want to walk with strength. I want to know that I'm, I'm living in who God created me to be. I want to be so comfortable like my favorite pair of jeans. That's how I want to feel. I want to be able to cruise down because I know when I'm supposed to go. I know when I'm not supposed to turn. I know that I'm doing my own thing, and I'm not worried about the cars behind me or the cars in front of me. I am on my path that God has shaped for me. So, You find strength in your understanding of and by stepping into your identity. You find strength in identifying and embracing your responsibility. And then also, you find strength in your dignity. A strong woman finds strength in her dignity. What does dignity mean? We're going to look at it. She finds strength in her dignity. Now, when I think of the word dignity, I think of old ladies having tea in England. Anyone else? Picture a, not a Southern accent. That's okay, guys, if that's not what you picture. But I picture women in England, older, you know, like from Downton Abbey, having tea. But this is actually what dignity means. Dignity means worthy of honor and respect. Worthy of honor and respect. She finds strength when she understands that Jesus said, you are worthy. Jesus said, I say you are worthy. God said, I created you. I have claimed you worthy. And so if you believe in scripture, then you definitely believe that you are worthy, not because of what you've done or who you are, but actually because your creator has claimed you worthy, worthy of forgiveness, worthy of grace, worthy. Now, We're also worthy, if you continue to read in Scripture, if you're given the title mom, raise your hand if you're a mom. 
Anybody in here? Oh, that's right. Almost 100% of you are moms. If you're given the title of mom, then the Bible says you are worthy of honor and respect. Because if you look at all of the commands that God gives about parenting, about four children, look what it says in Exodus 20, 12. Honor your father and mother. Actually, it was so important that God included it in the Ten Commandments. And this is the only commandment that comes with a promise. Honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. The Bible is telling children, hey, your best life is to submit to your parents. You should honor and respect your mom. So the Bible says that because we are moms, we can walk. That does not mean that I always act dignified or that everything I do is respectable or worthy of honor, but I understand that that is the position God has designed for me. That is the hat he has given me to wear. That is the role he has created me to play as mom. It is one that is worthy of honor and respect. Now it's my choice if I walk in that, if I embrace that. So if I step into my identity and then I embrace my responsibility, I then can walk with dignity. Does that mean that once you understand your identity and your responsibility, that you know life is gonna be great and you're never gonna make a mistake? No, you're probably gonna make more mistakes. You know what, I'll go ahead and tell you, I darn, the next 24 hours you're gonna make a mistake. But you give yourself grace at the same time you work to get better. We cannot just beat ourselves up and always say, I've got to get better. I've got to get better. But nor can we just give ourselves grace and go, oh, well, I mean, I've got quite a temper. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just can't help it. I just can't help it. My face just says what I'm feeling. Yes, you can. Yes, get yourself some self-control, girl. Yes, you can. You can be who God called you to be. You can do what God called you to do. And you can walk with dignity. So you give yourself grace. I made a mistake, but I'm going to work to be better. It's a push-pull. It's a pendulum swing. Sometimes we're over here. More, some days I need a little more grace than others. But I'm always working to get better and giving myself grace along the way. That is those women that you see who are walking confidently, they've stepped into their identity. They've embraced their responsibility and therefore they can walk with dignity. Today you may be thinking, strength? Strength? I'm the opposite of strong right now. Yeah, I would love some strength. I could barely get out of bed today. There may be moms listening or watching or thinking, I didn't have the strength to get out of bed today. And I'm just listening because of that. I want to encourage you. I want to tell you that there is a way that you can find some strength. There is a way. Isaiah 40, 31. I want you to read the highlighted words with me. But those who, those who trust in the Lord will find new those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. It goes on to say, they will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. How do I find my strength? How do I really walk in that? I trust and obey. There is no command to understand. The command is to trust and obey. I will do just what is in front of me. All I can do today is to get to the end of today. And maybe all you can do tomorrow is get to the end of tomorrow. Believing 
and embracing and trusting that God will take even your mistakes, even your circumstances that you think are beyond repair, he will use it all, every bit of it, for his glory and your good. What is your responsibility? To keep going, to give yourself grace, and to keep working to get better. Isn't it amazing? And he promises, I will fill in the gaps, not if, but when you fall short. God is so good. And he wants to arm you. And he wants you to walk in dignity. And he wants you to walk in that strength. He's saying, lean in. And we will carry you when you don't think you can take another step. We're all in this together. Troy Bolton said it first. Mm -hmm. But we believe it. We're all in this together. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your assurance that nothing is wasted in your economy. I thank you for your assurance that when we partner with you, you will be our strength. I thank you for every mom represented here, every mom represented online, every family represented. We ask that you show us who you've created each of us to be and help us celebrate the apples and oranges, the bananas and pears. We're so grateful that you made us wonderfully complex. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Now, each week after the lecture, we're going to take a moment of reflection. We're going to have some music playing. It's going to be quiet. If you're listening or watching online, you can have some time. We would encourage you to get something to jot it down. Girls in here, you guys have a page for self-reflection. And we're going to do this every week. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 and 14 says, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. It says do, do. So it's wonderful to hear truth, but now we've got to now each person sit back and say, okay, God, are there choices I can make and actions I can take to be better today? Maybe it's making your life simpler. Maybe it's adding something. Maybe it's just changing the way you look at something. But your responsibility is to say, what can I do today? So each time we sit back, we'll go through S-E-L-F. Anybody know what that spells? Yeah, thank you so much. Self, that was a little spelling quiz. Self, because we are going to look at what we can do. We embrace the responsibility. So your S is for stop. Stop to think and pray and ask God to help you see things as they really are. This takes such courage. But stop, pause, and say, God, help me to see things as they really are. E is for evaluate. So after you've said, help me to see things as they really are, now take a moment and say, God, help me see myself as I really am, my feelings, my thoughts, my actions. I want to see and deal with what is real. L is for list. We're gonna take a moment to write down any changes that you could make today or this week, choices you could make, actions you could take to make your life better. Is there something that you could do today to help you remind you yourself of your identity? Is there something you could do that could help you embrace your responsibility? Is, is there a responsibility you're taking on that maybe isn't yours? So S-E-L 
And the last one is F, and this is a hard one. This is the fight. Because it's so easy to walk out of here and be just like we were before. But the goal is that we gather together and we learn and then we work to be better. Wherever you are, whatever it is, say, I want to be better and I will make the changes necessary. So research shows that just by writing these things down, you are 42% more likely to do it. People who write their goals down are 42% more likely to see them through. So we are gonna take the time. And again, if you're watching or listening, take the time, pull over, write it down on a napkin, write it down, I don't know, anybody else have like leftover Chick-fil-A napkins in their car? Maybe it's just me, okay. Um, But take the time to write down, God, what can I do today? to be better. S-E-L-F. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for each of these women and the women who are listening. And I ask right now that you assure her that you love her, that you're with her, and that you're for her. And that you give grace and you give strength. We lean in and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.